there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the episode of the 23 personnel podcast i'm your host spencer joined by michael hello everybody we're coming at you on a wednesday night tonight a little later in the week yep there's a crisp fall fallness in the air but it's uh it's going to get even more crisper tomorrow night thursday night i think we're supposed to see 30s in lubbock so that's going to be fun can't wait can't wait i'm ready for that cold fall weather we also have some big news to fire off. Would you Would you like to do the honor, Spencer? I do. So we teased this last week. And we probably talked about it a couple of times before, off and on. But we were approached by a podcast media network and invited to join. Um, there, there's our, there are a couple of things with that. We will be moving our hosting over and... It, means nothing for you guys as a listener. You'll still find the podcast in the same spots. iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, all those great places. But they will be hosting bit, but because we're also part of a network, they also can can negotiate some network network wide sponsorships. So we will have some sponsorship ad reads. A singular ad read and we will be compensated based on the number of downloads we get. So you guys continuing to, to support us, listen to our show. It's going to help us keep the lights on. Yeah. Keep the lights on. Keep the mics hot. Keep them hot. So officially we've joined the armchair media network. Um, they have, or their their plan is to have one podcast for every Big Twelve school, or sorry, every college football school. Yeah, at least FBS. Um, and they will not double up on teams. So, the Texas Tech podcast on the Armchair Media Network is a twenty three personnel podcast. That's us. We are joining two other Big Twelve podcasts on there. Bosco's Boys from K. Kansas State and ain't no seats from Kansas. Who we hope to, as we mentioned last time. Uh, hopefully, we can reach out to each other a little bit here and there, and maybe kind of create a bit of a back and forth during the seasons and get some input from the other side. The guys at Bosco's Boys helped me s- settle on Armchair Media Network as a as a network to join. Um, they've been with them for a little while. They've said it's, it's helped their exposure a little bit. Um, not only are were they able to gain the, the sponsorship dollars from Armchair, but there are other more local sponsors that felt because this their podcast was now part of a larger network, they want to be a part of that. So they were able to parlay. Oh, there you go. Parlay the, the network sponsorship into some more local sponsors. So 
you may see that one of the biggest things I think, um, they have a designer on staff, which will help us once we get our logo finalized, our, our new logo, um, which we're working with Brian. Yep. And we're excited about the direction we're going. The designer is going to help us create some merch. We're going to have a little merch store for anybody that wants to purchase 23 personal podcast hats or shirts or whatever it is we decide to put together. Yeah. Whoopie cushions, coasters, cozies, cozies, might do some cozies, maybe some slap bracelets. Yep. We will of course keep all, keep you all updated on that. Um, you know, best place to do that on Twitter. Obviously that's where we spend a lot of our, our posting time. We have a Facebook page when I don't, I don't, can't remember lots of my posts into the Facebook page. We've got to get better about that. And or just let it go. Yeah, one or the other. <laughs> but you want to follow the, the show. It's at 23 personnel. Michael is now on that account as well. It was me for the longest time. Yeah, Michael I got involved. I got access to it a couple weeks ago when you were in the deer blind. Yep. You can follow me at punts suck. Sorry, the, the, the shows is at 23 personnel. And then Michael is at Michael underscore LBK. So thanks for listening. Uh, give us some downloads. Give us some ratings, all that kind of good stuff. That, yes. that same thing we've got to point out here, you know, at the beginning of the podcast that you hear at the beginning of most every podcast. And uh, also visit armchairallamericans.com. You can take a look around at all the other podcasts that uh, this site has, the Armchair Media Network has to offer. I think they're you know, we're, we're kind of getting in. I don't think they've been around very long, so they're really trying to, to grab teams from, from all across FBS schools. And hopefully this will really grow into something uh, even bigger than it already is. And, and we'll be able to be a part of it. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I was going to ask those that haven't yet, please rate review, subscribe on your podcatchers. iTunes is a big help. Um, we do read the reviews. We take them seriously. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And if, if they're credible and there's like good information in them, then we will work to continue to get better. That's true. We just read one this last week and we talked about it a little bit back and forth. And so we're, we listen, we We listen listen. when y'all give us some feedback. We listen to you. We try to take it into account, man. We listen as you guys listen. So with that, let's, let's talk some football. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With time. Delivered. Hand off to Marcus Fields. Down the sideline. Touchdown. Red Raiders. 97 yards. Harrell back to throw. Going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, he's my. He's got it. Touchdown. Oh. Robert Johnson. Touchdown. Red Raiders. Take a shot to the end zone. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Graham. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Country pulls free. And touchdown, Red Raiders with a second to go. Let the scoring begin. All right. Our Texas Tech Red Raiders on the road this week. Yes. 
had into Waco for the first time in 12 years. I think they played in Waco 2007 last. I think you're right, because 08 was here in was, Lubbock. was in Lubbock, and then 2009 was that when was they the started, Bowl. started playing in Dallas. Yeah. So, 2007, the last time you played in Waco, you were headed there this weekend. I guess before we get there, though, former... Texas Tech head coach. Yeah, just really quickly, we've got we've got a little shout out here. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is now one and zero in the month of October as Undefeated. an NFL coach. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, "What's your secret?" Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only fourteen ninety-five. Bite Clear aligners are doctor directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Has never lost a game. He... Led his fighting Arizona Cardinals into Cincinnati, beat the 0 and 5 Bengals, or 0 and 4. Sorry, they were 0 and 4 at the time. The 0 and 4 Bengals beat him 26 to 23 on a last second field goal. Kyler Murray had 253 passing yards uh, and ran for 93 yards on 10 carries. So, congrats to former Texas Tech quarterback and coach Cliff Kingsbury on the first NFL win. And from there, we can move on to a little bit of recruiting news. Yes, Derek Lewis, linebacker. Derek Lewis II commits to Texas Tech. Yeah, he's, uh, let's see, what is he? He's a three-star linebacker by most ratings. His junior video is, is out there, and you can see that. he's He's got a good highlight video there that Seth posted on. He's six foot one, two hundred ten ten pounds from Shirts, Texas. Plays at Clemens. Offers from Texas Tech, Boise State, Colorado State, Houston Baptist, Incarnate Word, Kansas, Kansas State, Nebraska, North Texas, Oklahoma State, SMU, Tulane, and UTSA. We beat the ponies. Uh, don't don't uh, don't downplay that that Tulane offer. Have you seen them lately? They're doing all right. They're doing pretty good. Yeah, well, so is SMU. So is SMU. <laughs> I mean, both of those. Uh, so he's the 17th commit for the 2020 class. Which that class is a lot bigger than I remember it. So yep. for those that aren't keeping up with recruiting, you can find the the class rankings and all the guys that are currently committed in the class on Staking the Plains. Yeah, we, we wanted to mention that. And then just a couple other things before we kind of dive into the Baylor game. Jack Anderson and Xavier White are out for the season. That was announced this week. I believe Wells covered Anderson's injury in the post-game press conference. Yes, and you, then I think you and I were there for that one. And right, Xavier's I think was uh, Xavier's Monday. was Monday. His Monday press conference, and the only good news about this, I mean, obviously the they're okay. They're you know it's it's not 
injuries that you can't overcome. But the good news about it is that I think they would both qualify for a medical red shirt. Cause this last, yes, this last game was game five and neither, neither of them participated in the, the game against Oklahoma state. So they didn't play past the four games. Right. I think they only played so the still first old. four. So mm-hmm. they, they could, if they choose to maintain a year of eligibility and, and, you know, still play that out. But anyway, that's definitely a big uh, setback, especially, I don't even know. I mean, White has really, he had really emerged, so. He's doing pretty good. He was really doing well. That's a pretty big setback for that, but I would almost say that having Anderson out is is, uh, more of a setback at this point, despite the fact that the line has been playing pretty darn well. Played without him on Saturday against Oklahoma State. Yeah, and that. Probably one of their best. A really great performance. Performances so far. Not that we're saying no, no, has causation, do, no. correlation here. Nothing <laughs> to do Anderson's with that. Jack out. We're, we're doing better. Yeah. Um, okay, this weekend you were on the road at number 22, Baylor. 3 p.m. on FS1. You'll have to check your cable listing on what channel that is, but it's a... Whoever they were having the it's dispute It's a national with. channel. Yeah, I think they figured it out. Dish. So. It was Dish? It was Dish and Fox. Okay, I think they figured it out last week, so hopefully y'all are good to go. It should have been... On Sunday, I believe. Um, three and two Texas Tech, five and zero oh Baylor. Uh, Baylor's gotten to that five and zero oh mark by beating SFA fifty six to seventeen, UTSA sixty three fourteen, Rice twenty one thirteen. A little closer game than you'd expect. Yes, kind of an eye raise there. Um, home versus Iowa State twenty three thirteen, and then on the road at Kansas State which I think th- this may have been the most impressive to me so far at Kansas state 31 to 12. So yeah. Kansas state was one of those teams where heading into that game, they were undefeated. You were looking at the job that Chris Kleeman Kleiman had been putting together as a first year head coach in Manhattan. Um, overall pretty, pretty high on, on what Kansas state was able to put together. And then they, host Baylor and then kick a bunch of field goals. Yeah. Well, they, they kicked two field goals and they went for an extra point and didn't get it. I think they went for two. So they did have a, two field goals and a touchdown for that, that game. And the other thing I wanted to mention about rice real quick, as you mentioned, Baylor only won 21 to 13. Baylor didn't score in the second half against rice. So it was, that was probably a little at halftime. It was 21 to three and clincher. Yeah. If you will. <laughs> yeah. And, and rice came back. So I, it wasn't as if they dominated them. Um, you know, Brewer's been, he's been, he's played pretty well this year, but last week against Kansas state, which was probably their biggest win, uh, because even against Iowa state, I think they, they were ahead by 20 points at some point. And I think I've got that score. I know I have that score wrong in there, the way I wrote that in there. Uh, let's see. It was, yeah, it was 23 to 21. 23 to 21, not 23 13. Yeah. That's my bad. Excuse me. So I, I think Iowa State was up um, by 20 points. No, Baylor was up by 20 points at some point, And then they blew that lead. So it's not really a dominant game that they've had against 
stellar competition. Kansas well, State's as and, close as you can get. And if, if you look at their their stats, at least on the offensive side, there's nothing that speaks says dominant. Like no, no. The I, the thing that that sticks out to me, I guess, <clears throat> would be that Brewer has yet to turn the ball over. Yeah, that's probably one of the biggest. But everything takeaways. Huh? Everything else through. <laughs> Very nice. Everything yeah. else through five games is fairly like not all that different from what you see Texas Tech doing. They're a little more effective at running the ball than Tech is. And I, I think there were some defensive categories that they excel in. But just last week, I thought we could kind of emphasize last week a little bit. Brewer was uh, 14 for 23. That's not a great percentage. 230 yards, one touchdown. He did go out in the second half after a big hit. I think it was more of a precautionary thing. And Bohannon came in. He only threw one pass, but he handed the ball off a lot, and he, he ran some himself. Uh, he was he was effective, and I think he's a red shirt. He's either a red shirt or a true freshman. I can't remember. But uh, he did well back there while Brewer was just kind of taking it easy and making sure – he wasn't going to hurt himself. But Jamichael Hasty had eight carries, 87 yards. Uh, John Lovett, seven carries, 74 yards. But the thing that stuck out with me was on third down conversions, they were only two for nine. That sounds a lot like what happened in Lubbock last weekend. Right. And I don't think it was because they were moving the ball so well that they just didn't see third down that much. It, well, they saw it nine times. Yeah. I, it just wasn't – that's something that hopefully Tech could – used to their advantage is if, right. if that carries over to this game in Waco Baylor may not be able to get past the sticks on third down here and there but they do I, I do think they convert in the red zone quite a bit um, I know that Kyle was writing about that earlier today and that's you know Oklahoma State did that same thing but Tech was somehow able to limit them from getting into the red zone I think they were four for five when they got in there and they were 21 for 22 on the year up until they played in Lubbock. So they, they can do that, but if Tech's able to limit the big plays and keep the guys from crossing that mythical 20-yard line, then they should be able to at least limit to a field goal attempt or hopefully get <laughs> Brewer's first interception. I, I would say your defense has a pretty good shot at forcing a turnover there. Um, but I, so I, I was looking at the third down conversions for the Baylor offense versus their third down defense last week. So Baylor faced nine third downs, their defense faced defense faced 17. So Baylor was able to avoid third down half as often as Kansas state. However, when they got to third down, they were two for nine. Yeah. They really struggled. So the running running back committee, you listen about uh, Lovett, Hasty, and Ebner are the main backs. They all carry it greater than five yards per carry. However, the three of them have combined for only 640 yards in five games. Yeah, it's... Which isn't a whole bunch. It's not a huge rushing attack. It, it, as far as FPS rankings go, it's 30th. It's the 30th rushing offense in the league or in the FBS 216 yards per game that's that's surprisingly up there 
based off of that output. Uh, but I, th- I think there's, you know, you, you saw from their yards per carry, they're, they excel when they get the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you've got three guys averaging over five yards per rush and one of them's averaging almost eight, then just because, you know, maybe they're just selective in how they do it. But that's something that was a matchup I was kind of looking at a little bit closer is, you know, Tech's rushing defense uh, allows about 180 yards per game. It's ranked 100th right now. And so they're going up against the 30th rushing offense. That could be a mismatch. We'll see how the guys play. That front seven was dominant last week. Uh, they they kind of faded a little bit in the fourth quarter, but you know that that can happen. And there's another wrinkle in this Baylor matchup too is that left tackle Connor. Ugh, excuse me, got that backwards. Left tackle Connor Galvin was injured at Kansas State. He's going to be out for four to six weeks. And so, if how they manage that is how they manage it this week that means redshirt freshman Casey Phillips is going to be in at left tackle that could disrupt their their flow a little bit that could give uh Tech's defensive line maybe a path to the quarterback maybe a little bit a little bit of way to push in and, and block those running lanes uh I don't want to you know I'm not trying to trash a redshirt freshman or anything but there's just a chance that having a a more experienced starter go out that may be something that that tech could focus on during the game and use it to their advantage a little bit yeah sorry i, I was looking at some other other stats too the one thing that i would have to look and, and dive deeper into their backup quarterback gary or jerry gary I didn't. I purposefully didn't say his first name the last time. Bohannon. Bohannon has 17 carries for 177 yards. So when he carries, when he rushes the ball, whether it was in in mop up duty so far throughout the season, or when he got a lot of snaps last week versus Kansas State, he's a he's an effective runner. Um, and it, it it's strange. Like I said, they're not like flashy numbers the balance between having to face this group of running backs and then this group of receivers that we're going to talk about, like you can't really focus on one and let the other one just kind of go. Because when you look at their receivers, they have Denzel Mims, excuse me, Tyquan Thornton, RJ Sneed. They're all over 12 ish yards per catch. Yeah. Um, 200 yards for R.J. Sneed, 325 for Thornton, 438 for Mims. Um, yeah, that, that's a lot of yards, and and it's it's a an offense that is balanced enough that you can't look at one person or even one position group and and give them too much focus without opening yourself up for something else. Yeah, and and Brewer is he's a mobile quarterback. He he can he can get outside the pocket. He can get flushed outside the pocket and, and still complete a pass, uh, you know, run enough to get a first down, but he's, he's not going to be like a Spencer Sanders or, or even a jet Duffy or anything. I I don't think he's, he has that kind of speed or mobility, but he's probably going to make better decisions than Sanders did this, this past week. So 
to echo what you're saying, even though their offense doesn't have these eye popping, you know, uh, numbers that just come off the stat sheet and make you go, wow, this is just going to be impossible to stop. They just have that balance everywhere at the receiver position, mm-hmm. at the running back position. They have a, a very capable quarterback who has yet to turn the ball over in five games. And they have the ability to attack you from a lot of different places effectively. Whereas Oklahoma state, your main worries were Tylen Wallace and Chuba Hubbard and Spencer Sanders. And if you were able to limit, if you're able to get to Sanders enough, then Wallace became a non-factor. And then you just had to try to stop Hubbard the best you could. This is going to be a little bit more of a task. Uh, you know, if you, if you're able to try to, if you're able to get to Brewer, you still may be able to, he still may flush it out of the pocket and still may complete a pass to Mims because Mims, he's like a, he's like a Vasher type guy. Mm-hmm. He can he'll just he can grow up and grab anything. He's he's big. Uh, he's he's hard to get down. So he's uh, somebody that you'd have to look at. Uh, I mean, Taquan Thornton's the same. You know, he's he's the same way that they, they have weapons all throughout their offense and. It worries me a little bit. Yeah, the the statistical rankings uh, programs or the systems that you look at that rank offenses and defenses would would agree with you what you were saying. And and while they're not flashy, they're effective and efficient. FBI FPI has Baylor as number twenty four in, in the country. Yeah, S and P plus has them at fifteen. Um, you had mentioned their rushing offense at thirtieth versus the Texas Tech defense of a hundred. Texas Tech rushing defense of a hundred. Yeah, um, that their passing offense and and our passing defense is right there, right there together, fifty and fifty first respectively. Um. Their passing defense versus our passing offense again, right there together, thirty sixth and thirty second, and then Baylor rushing defense twenty fifth, Texas Tech rushing offense fifty eighth. So, with that, um, Baylor has, or the the projections, the models, whatever you look at, the lines. Right now, have Baylor minus 11 or Texas Tech plus 11 over under of 58, I believe. Wow, that seems, well, I was about to say that seems low, but the score I had in my head would be right around that, yeah. Um, so, I just, that... <laughs> First, what what do you think about that that line, the the minus eleven? I, I kind of thought it would move a little bit. My friend Adam and I like to always guess the line, and we we get that from Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal's podcast. They do that every week for the for the NFL lines. Every NFL game, they try to guess what the line is. And so uh, we were already trying to figure that out, and I think he about pegged it. But I thought it would, I would, I thought it would close closer to, you know, seven or eight or nine. But it hasn't moved. I mean, it opened it. Was it ten? I've right? seen ten, ten and a half, and eleven, and it's really just stuck there. So I, 
I really thought it would be a little bit lower, but I think a lot of folks are folks. A lot of people are really buying into into Baylor. But so I, I wanted to I wanted to ask you, Spencer. I don't know about you, but for me, a game is ten times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes if I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, did you know that my bookie is your best bet this season? I did not until recently. Yeah. Yeah. With pro football, college football, MLB playoffs in full swing, hockey's started, basketball's, I think preseason's already going, mm-hmm. at least NBA. Now's the time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. Yeah. If you, if you get in on my bookie, join right now. My bookie will double your first deposit if you use promo code CHAIR, C H A I R, to activate the offer. Promo code, code CHAIR to double your cash. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Yes, sir. This is something that that we've been doing a lot, especially when we go on with Rob Bro on the Countdown to Kickoff show. Is we look at these lines um, around the country, but and Big Twelve and Texas Tech specifically, but minus eleven coming off of the game that we just saw um, against Oklahoma State. It's kind of hard to to not have that be like the standard now. Like, well, we saw, we saw what they're capable of to Texas yeah. Tech against yeah. Oklahoma state. And that may have been a, um, best game type thing, uh, best performance. Um, we've probably seen the worst performance <laughs> already. <laughs> and they just happen to be back to back weeks, back to back. Um, but the similarities also of the line being around 11 points. He's like, it's hard for me to pick against tech when we just had a plus 10 and a half plus 11 line and Texas tech wins by 10. Granted that was at home. Um, but I think there, there's some similarities that, that could also play into your, your hand here that, that could help you come out of Waco with a victory. And that if, you can get to Charlie Brewer and force a turnover his first of the season. He may get off his game and get rattled. Like we saw Spencer Sanders get rattled last week. Yeah. And cough up the ball five times. And Coleman has seven interceptions. Does he have seven? No, 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 no. That can't be right. Coleman hasn't caught seven. Has he? I thought he caught five, five, excuse me. He's, he's got five. I think Sanders has, He's either seven or eight. Now, I think that may be where we were getting at. But yeah, Coleman, of course, he had two interceptions last week. He could he could dial in on Brewer and possibly uh, force a mistake out of him. That would be something you need to see. I think the thing that sticks out with me the most is Tech's rushing offense has really been pretty good. Uh it's it's been you know they average about 174 yards a game, that's great for Texas Tech. It's an effective weapon. I think they're still averaging almost six yards a carry. But Baylor's rushing defense only allows 102 yards a game. That's kind of where I see 
Tech having some trouble. If they're unable to get the the run game going at all, they may, you know, if they're dropping eight back or something, they may not be able to find an open man, and they may even be able to get Duffy down before he's able to do something with his feet. So that's what worries me the most. And I wanted to see. Oh, so you okay? You just put down your score. All right, I just locked it in. You locked it in. All right, so, you, you go over your score while I figure out exactly what mine's going to be. So my score, if we're going off of the line, Texas Tech plus 11, I'm going to take Texas Tech in the points. I think Texas Tech will cover. Um, and the over-under at 58, I'm going to take the over, but barely. I, I think the game will be like a 35, 34-ish to 27. Like a, I think it'll be like a one-touchdown game. Either way, I think it will be determined mainly on turnover margin. Who do you have winning this game? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with what I had preseason <laughs> and go with Baylor. Okay, okay, all right. Um, but if you see a performance like you saw this weekend, it's very possible that same score could be flipped the other way around, and you could be rolling out of Waco with a 34-27 victory. Yeah, I don't have... As great as this team played, as great as this team played on Saturday, I still can remember how terrible and how hopeless everything felt after the Norman game. And I can also remember just... Not to be nitpicky, but as a lot of people have pointed out, how many points were kind of left on the table after getting five turnovers... You felt like you could have, you should have come away with a lot more points than you than you did. So with that in mind, I'm still leaning towards Baylor winning in this one. I don't see them covering. I'm I'm with Spencer on that. I'm still taking Tech with the points. If I were to go to my bookie.ag, I would take Tech with the points. But the promo code chair. But the uh, the thing that also worries me is just just. It's a new atmosphere. Um, That's right. You've never played in McLean Stadium. You've never been. I mean, it's not like – and I don't know. That's one of those intangible things that may not matter at all. But I think it would matter some. And you could have a pretty pretty raucous crowd there because they've got an undefeated ranked team that they're really proud of. And they've got a team that they haven't ever seen at this stadium and then that they haven't seen since, you know, 2007, even in Waco. So there, there could be quite a bit on this, and, and it could, you know, three o'clock, you'll generate a lot of people out there for sure. Uh, so anyway, with that said, I think I'm picking very close to what Spencer had, but it's 35-31, and I would take the over on the total points. So our, our, our picks here, Texas Tech plus 11, over on 58 points. Yeah, and we both picked Baylor to win. Yikes. Hopefully that won't happen, guys. We don't want to be that. We don't want to be that guy, but we like we were last weekend, we're more than happy to be wrong. Sure. It's it's great to be wrong when we pick a when we pick a loss and Texas Tech ends up winning the game. Yeah, cuz Baylor has Yeah, as we've mentioned, that Rice game is a real hiccup, kind of a head scratcher. Iowa State game too cuz I was at home. You know, to give up that kind of a lead at home, I, I I don't know. I really am not sure how this will play out. I just, 
I just never had a good feeling about it. And now that they're five and zero, no matter who those five are, I, I still don't have a great feeling about it. Okay. I mentioned this a little earlier, but you can listen to us prepare, preview, get into the game this weekend on Countdown to Kickoff. We do this every week. Well, the show happens every week, whether or not. Whether we're there or not. Both of our voices are on it or not. Irregardless, Countdown to Kickoff with Rob Bro and Carson Robinson on Talk 1340. This week with the game at 3, we are going from noon to 2. Michael and I should be there both hours for the full show this week. You can find that show on 1340 AM online at kkam.com. You can stream it there or on the Talk 1340 app to your phone or smart speaker. You can also follow the guys at Rob Bro Show at Car Rob. So it's K A R R O B underscore radio at Tucker Lowrance. Can't forget Mr. Tucker. Or the station itself at Talk 1340. Hey, so today is October 9th. And would you like to talk a little bit of basketball? I'm always ready to talk about some Texas Tech basketball. Okay, our guy. Our guy. Our guy. Mark Adams. Creator of the dreaded Iron Donut defense. <laughs> Which I love that. When, when you think about the, the defense being the no middle. Yeah, that came from, uh, I don't I don't know if... 24 seven sports, you know, the guys over there, if they coined that themselves or if that's what it's called, but, uh, (laughs) this was their quote, Mark Adams, creator of the dreaded iron donut defense and widely regarded as one of the great defensive minds in all of basketball will make $463,000 for the coming year and 505,000 the year after that with this new contract, Adams will be among the very highest paid assistant coaches in the college game as he should be as he should be. I mean, he was in talks to possibly go to Chicago for the bulls. Maybe not as a head coach, but doesn't matter. I mean, he, he could have gone to Chicago. I think I, I forget who else reached out to him back in April. They were, there were a lot of, you know, quite a few little rumors floating around there, but mm-hmm. I'm really glad that he chose to stick around. Cause I know that he chose to, I'm sure that he had options available probably even more possibly more lucrative than what he was just given, but unsure. But, uh, you know, congrats to Kirby Hoka. Congrats. I'm sure to the Wombles in some <laughs> congrats to Mark Adams, in some aspects congrats to Mark Adams and congrats to Chris Beard for, uh, <laughs> maintaining, uh, one of, if not the best assistant coaches in all of college basketball, possibly just in basketball in general, that defense, I am excited to see these new um, these new players attack it. I'm excited to see Ramsey in this defense as athletic and as long as he is. Uh, guys like Holyfield, I, I don't know. I mean, I I think the defense will be able to live on this year. And oh, absolutely. This this season can't get started soon enough, which is why I wanted to remind everybody. It starts this weekend. It does this Saturday. This Saturday. Uh, you know, after the the shooting in El Paso, there is, uh, you know, I think Beard and Texas Tech basketball got together with UTEP and El, just the city in general 
and they're going to put on a exhibition game. A charity exhibition game. Yeah, and it's going to benefit the El Paso Strong Charity. It'll be this Saturday, uh, October 12th at 8 p.m. And Central. And I couldn't tell for Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I couldn't tell for sure. It just said Texas Tech Sports Network on the official Texas Tech page. That's where it's available. So it may only be available on radio. I'm not sure if that's actually true. It might be available if you have, and I forget the name of the Red Raider TV. Is that what it's called? Texas Tech TV. Texas Tech TV. Well, that makes sense. It might be available if you have that, but mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. Maybe. I don't think I've seen anything talking specifically about it being televised. But uh, if you're around the El Paso area, tickets will be ten dollars with general admission. First come, first serve. Seating can be purchased by calling nine one five seven four seven five two three four. It really could be just a fun event, and it's something that's really going to hopefully, you know, raise a lot of money for. Uh, the guys down there in, in El Paso and just try to, you know, give some relief to what they experienced just earlier this year. Sure. And and as we said, the, the season is kicking off with this exhibition game, charity exhibition game. In earnest, the season will start just a couple weeks later, Tuesday, November 5th, hosting Eastern Illinois, Tuesday night at the USA. Red Raiders coming off their second straight season with a 17 and one record at home and 50 and five at home under beard in his three seasons. That's dominant. And speaking of beard, his block party, uh, offer, offer challenge. It's still on the table. Still on the table. Wells came through on, on Saturday. So for those of and, you who don't know, beard said that he would, Close down Broadway, put on a big block party if Texas Tech football went undefeated at home this season. And you quite possibly got over your largest hurdle to get to that 6-0 and mark. Yeah, I would say Iowa State would be the next one. Oh, for sure. Um, there's a fly. And, and there's then a TCU, fly around me. Kansas State, or the other games. Oh, gosh. No. It could be TCU. I still don't know who TCU is yet. I don't know who Kansas State is anymore. Man, I... The Big 12 is just a, a bunch of question marks. Even Texas. I'm not sure who Texas is after how Morgantown went. They were... The only team I'm not... Well, sorry. There are two teams I have no questions about. Oklahoma and Kansas. <laughs> no questions about <laughs> OU. No questions oh, about gosh. Kansas. No questions. Okay, sorry. This is who the basketball recent, sex. Who recently <laughs> fired their offensive coordinator and promoted an analyst. Okay, sorry. Basketball. Yeah. Uh, okay, one last thing for basketball, and then we'll get to questions. We got a lot of questions this week. Thanks, by the way. Love it. Uh, Rick Pitino is in Lubbock right now. I don't know how. I as feel we're about talking, it. don't know how I feel about it. And and he had a tweet today. He's he's apparently just been hanging out with the basketball team and attended practice. Here's his tweet from just earlier t- this evening. Three takeaways from watching Texas Tech basketball practice. One, Coach Beard is a great teacher of fundamentals. Two. Practice is fun. Three, if I was a player again, I would love to play at Texas Tech. Now, is this is this an okay ambassador to have? <laughs> what he said was it, great, but I, it was. I just don't know if I want like him on. Very successful coach. Obviously, uh, marred and 
many a controversy, really. Not just I was I was just going to say controversy, but many a controversy may be a little bit more accurate. So anyway, that's just kind of a little interesting tidbit of uh, info that even in October, some I don't know, Phil. Do you think he'll be a Hall of Fame coach with all the other stuff? Uh, probably not. Yeah, I don't know either. Once thought to be Hall of Fame coach Rick Pitino is uh, in Lubbock, Texas in October just to check out our national final runner-up basketball team. All right. Still too soon to talk about I know, I know. I hate to. That's why I I tried to say it really fast and hope you wasn't going to catch me. Oh, I got you. All right, you ready to do some questions? I'm ready. Now. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! As Michael said, we have quite a few questions to get into this week, starting off, I believe, with Alan Corbin. Yes, let's do it. The Torchy stat proved effective against Oklahoma State last week. This week I discovered that Waco only has the one location while Lubbock has one and another in the pipeline, Advantage Tech. It is an advantage. I would agree with that, but it means it's going to be a closer game. Definitely going to be a closer game. Speaking of Torchies, we were flying back today from somebody from the company I work for. We sat next to him who is based in Seattle. So he's, he was doing the opposite of us. We, we were just coming back from Seattle. He was just coming to Lubbock. Um, rode together. He's staying at the Overton, asked for dinner recommendations tonight. I said, you can go to Nick's across the street or walk a little bit further down and get to some torchies. Yeah, that's a pretty good wreck. Okay, Matt Wells headset. Over under 300 yards passing for Duffy. He had 400 last week? Yeah. 404, I think. Give me over. Yeah, I would take the over, too. I would think shallow over. 315, 325. What's a creative name for a rivalry that that features two head coaches named Matt? Then he's got a couple of suggestions. He says... uh, I don't even know how to, like, read this. Rivalry... (laughs) Rivalry... Weekend slash rule very well skinned. Yeah. That's, that's a little tough. That's weak. Um, okay, so what do you think? I've got one. Okay, I've got well, one. Let's hear it. It's a 3 p.m. kick. Matinee. Ooh, nice. But it's not always going to be a 3 p.m. kick, right? No, no, but if it is, <laughs> it, it, hasn't, it hasn't been a night game since. Uh, that year Baker Mayfield played in it. Yeah. So it's, it's a matinee and you know, I think I've, I think I've thought of this before, but Matt Wells headset coach headset TTU. Thanks. Thanks for the question. You brought up another thought in my head. We also have Matt Campbell. The Matt Campbell, Matt rule game was just two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that one would be. Maybe that one should be what you suggested later. Matt Wells headset, which was, uh, Matter Day. Maybe Matter Day should be <laughs> when Iowa State plays Baylor. Or 
what do you what what about when the Lions play the Packers? Both of their head coaches are named Matt. We got we got to we got to come up with all sorts of stuff. We need we really need to brainstorm. Okay, so here, guys. we we talked about this a few weeks ago. Wanting more games with names attached to it. Oh yeah, I think that the name should be based on the rivalry, not not on the coach. We're gonna jump ahead to Rob's question for just a half second. He says, "Are we in or out on the butt bowl nickname?" Out. I, I'm out. I'm out. So that's but, awful. That's so terrible. I get it. The butt bowl obviously is <laughs> BU for Baylor and TT for Texas Tech. No, that's not the kind of name we're talking about. Please no. <laughs> I'm thinking of like Farmageddon, Iowa State, Kansas State. Um, Red River rivalry. River. Well, it's the Red River shootout. Um, Texas Tech Baylor used to be the Farm Bureau Insurance shootout. The that, Iron Bowl. That's too much. Iron Bowl, Egg Bowl. Yeah. Egg bowl. That's kind of weird, but I still like it. Yeah. Names like that. I want more of those. And 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 more games for made up trophies. Yeah. Chancellor Spurs. Yeah. Which which we don't ever really hear about unless like you we never really talk about oh the Chancellor Spurs are on the line. It's like Tech Tech won and they got the Chancellor Spurs. Yeah. Um okay, back to Matt Wells headset. Baylor hasn't scored more than 35 in their last 10 tries against Big 12 schools. That's a nice stat. How many did they score Saturday or Matterday? And we both kind of touched on it in our predictions. Michael says 34. I say 30. No, sorry. No, you, I did say 35. You said 35. Yeah. I said 34, possibly 27 if you win. Yep. Okay, so Brian changed his his Twitter handle name, and I'm I'm here for it. Brian Honk Carlos. McLean Stadium looks like a giant toilet bowl. It it is on the Brazos. So it's at least apt every other year. He's oh, he's the referencing butt the butt bowl. He's, he's, he's going. <laughs> I I get it. The butt bowl. Yeah, I was like, we need some context here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Amy Nelson, can Patterson field a stellar defense two weekends in a row and on the road? That's what we're worried about. I, th- I think they have – Amy always has good questions. Okay, I think they have too many weapons. Not too many, but they have a lot. Uh, they're, they're more three-dimensional than Oklahoma State was. Well, and, and, and to that point – your your defensive performance was not based on one guy. It wasn't Jordan Brooks going off. He did go off. Oh yeah, he. But it wasn't just Brooks that did. The man that. went off. <laughs> the defensive line caused pressure, created havoc. Um, Jordan Brooks tackled anything he touched. D- Douglas Coleman was intercepting balls. I mean, I think when you're not relying on one singular person, a repeat performance is a lot more in the cards, then I need Michael Crabtree to go off for 300 yards. Yeah. I'm a lot more confident after this week that they will be ready to play. The, the, the team that we see in Waco will not be who we saw in Norman. No. How badly does Baylor exploit our inexperienced secondary? So when you say inexperienced, I, I, I kind of challenge you. I was like, I think there's only one inexperienced player that we think is kind of a liability, and it's Desmond Smith. No, there's Taylor. Well, but he was he was only fit filling in for Fry. But we don't know Fry's status. And is is Des Smith? 
He's he's questionable. Yeah, with that knee injury. Yeah, so we're not sure about that. I, I think you might be pointing to this as well, Amy. As some of these guys are just playing positions they're not used to playing. You know, some of these guys are lining up playing safety when they played corner or vice versa. I don't know if Baylor's going to exploit them that bad. Uh, their passing attack is not – it's not as dominant as I was kind of expecting to see, really. You know, their their passing offense is 50th in the country, about 260 yards per game. I mean, I, I think Mims is going to be probably your biggest worry out there. So, our secondary's got a shot. I, I'm feeling yeah. pretty decent about them. Sorry, I was going through the Twitter notifications, and that oh yeah that that, that, that picture of of some chick flashing post Malone that's that has turned into a meme. It's been oh that's who that I didn't even know who that was. That's Post Malone. Okay, got yeah. it. Cooper Burnett, how much do we really know about Baylor at this point? I not much. Yeah, except like there's non. I totally lost the word I was going to say. Non, not significant, but like not scary stats from the offense. Yeah, that worries you. I think what we know is that they're balanced, as as we've kind of discussed. That's really about all we can we can point out at this time. They're balanced. Uh, they go through droughts. They go through huge scoring droughts. They aren't great on third down. I. There we we don't know a ton. Um, it's a, it's a really good point. Doesn't seem like a lot to me. Cooper follows up. Uh, spooky Ty. How bad is Duffy in practice that they thought Tyner was better? You know what? It's a good question. I have no idea. Back to our man, Coach Headset TTU. I stumbled across this theory that he had in a thread on the Twitter. The I think Twitter. it was earlier today. He thinks it was a mind game. He thinks that they started Tyner to... Uh, just to get in Duffy's head, just to just to make Duffy uh, be a little bit more responsive to it, be a, b- a little bit more on edge and responsive to coaching. I don't know if I want to go that far or not, but I'm unsure. I, I'm not sure. It, it, maybe Tyner's dropping dimes. Maybe he's hitting guys in stride. I, I I sort of feel bad, but then again, I don't. That he hasn't had the chance to to try it again. Because I feel like we've seen enough, um, and and I think we we have a full season of seeing Jet Duffy play for almost probably half the time that Tech was even on the field in our minds to to kind of go with that. So I'm just not sure. I have no idea what they saw. I, I know what they keep telling us they saw. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But we're just we're, we're moving forward. Yeah, we're Duffy's our guy. QB one. Yep, full full board. And and I think there was one other question you had in the docs, right? Yes, I'm getting to that. Jay Wade Howard sent these to us earlier in the week. If you could bring back any Red Raider from the last decade to play the remainder of the season on this year's team, who would it be? Okay, I've got a few of them. I I can't I can't decide where I want to go with that. I'm going to go offense. I had the same thought, but like, well, do I want a running back? Do I want a quarterback? Do I want offensive lineman? Probably not. Not a lineman because it's a group effort. 
and one may not make that much of a difference. Or a receiver. Like I, I, I thought of three guys immediately. Uh, and I, I can't, I can't narrow it down to one. But here's where I'm at: Jakeem Grant, just because he's Jakeem Grant. One. Jay Samaro. Two. Seth Dagey. Seth Dagey's three. Not that Dagey I would. He was supremely underappreciated. He was. He was very underappreciated. <laughs> if you go back and look at his numbers, compared to, you know, the Shimanek years and and stuff like that, Dagey was a solid quarterback. But I wouldn't pick him necessarily to play over Duffy or anything at this point. But if he was at least on the roster, I would feel better. Right now, heading into game six of the year, I would feel better if Seth Dagey was on the roster. But Jason Morrow, you know, that's not a knock at Dante Thompson or Travis Kuntz or anybody. We just haven't seen them do as much yet. And they may be primed to just take off. We just haven't seen it. But he was so dominant. And he, he caught anything. And he was fast. And he moved people around, pushed them off of him. <laughs> he, he got open. Uh, I, I kind of just missed that, missed that play from the, the from the tight end position, and I feel like in Yost's offense that could that could probably really um, be a, a dangerous tool. So, and if I were to pick three players from the offensive side, I wouldn't have any overlap on that list. Oh, really? If I was looking at receiver, I would go for someone like an Eric Ward. Yeah, man, I like Eric Ward. Also caught everything. Yes. Um, running back, I would look at DeAndre Washington. Yes. And not that Shine, Henry, and Thompson are bad. They're they're really – it's a great but Washington trio Washington was so dang good. Yeah. And I think with what Wells and Yost specifically are trying to do with the offense and develop that balance, a threat like Washington would go a long way. Yep. Um, and then I didn't have a quarterback. I was I was kind of weighing my options on an, another receiver and coming up with like a Wesley or Darren Moore. Like one of those big possession receivers that, again, like Ward had a huge catch radius that nothing got by them. They weren't super flashy and had big plays. Or even Lyle Young. You just... That, just kind of like float pushing, it in the end zone. Pushing the, the, the decade mark he gave us, but... That's true. That's right at the edge. Yeah. Okay, last question. Well, is there is there anybody on the defense you want to bring back? Well, Dakota Allen. I want him back right now. That'd be all right. But, yeah. I mean, it's not like... That's the thing. He and Brooks played together last you year. You start looking position for, per position, and, you know, maybe just Sean Johnson. You know, I, I might feel a little bit better if Fry could move back to defensive back instead of playing safety. Jashawn Johnson, I think, might be good, and that may be a recency bias bias thing uh, because I really liked Fry's cornerback. But I'm not sure who else on on the defensive side. I I know I'm missing some guys. There's probably some big guys up front that I'm – So if I'm going, like, by position, defensive line, I would look at Brandon Sharp. Yeah. Um. Or a Colby Whitlock. Or a Kerry Hyder. Yeah, Hyder's still Hyder's still playing. Playing professionally. I see him on the sidelines with the Cowboys. Yeah, that wouldn't be too bad. Um I think we've already touched on linebacker with, with Dakota Allen. 
um, corner, I think was the hardest one I was, I was coming up with. I'd have to go like way back and go for like a, like a Jamar wall. Yeah. Um, cause there haven't been a whole lot of great corners. You were maybe starting to see Nigel Bethel kind of develop and then he couldn't keep his, his act together. Um, safety, Jay Sean Johnson, Darcel McBath. I mean, I I would love to build like like a fantasy team, like a, a an all decade team, and just like roll with them, like peak performance of all those players, and just see like what kind of team you could build. Yeah, you could you could have a pretty salty team. Yeah. Other question from Jay Wade Howard: If Bowman redshirts, does he transfer? I say no, no, because if he was going to transfer, if he was even on the fence about transferring, he would have done it when the when with the coaching change. That's my thought. And the it's not like that he he avoids competition. When he was splitting time last season when he was injured and came back, like he was able to come back. No, he wasn't. Sorry, I was going to say, like, he and Duffy competed there at the end of the season, but I was like, no, no, because no. He, when he re-injured it in October, sorry, against Oklahoma, he was out. Yeah, that was it for the year. But, sorry, no, okay, sorry. R- roll back to when he was healthy, he did come back and took the starting job. So he he was fairly certain of his his spot and on the depth chart in the offense. Well, and he competed all off season, but didn't win the starting job. McLean Carter won it. And then he ended up keeping it. So he probably still, I bet they went into week two after the all miss game, despite him playing pretty well, it was probably really kind of back to square one mm-hmm. between uh, him and Duffy as to who would, who would start against who was it Lamar or Houston the next week. Anyway, it doesn't matter who would, whoever would start week two. Lamar Houston. I don't remember. Lamar. <laughs> Houston? It's not worth it. <laughs> Sorry, I was just really just giving me a hard time. Um, and the other thing, one, I, I, I do think my preference, sorry, my preference would be to see Bowman redshirt this season. I, I do think you want, I mean, yes, it was his non-throwing arm, but like any kind of joint issue on a quarterback and his throwing motion, you, you want that to have enough time to heal that it's not going to cause any long-term damage or affect him in a way that he can't compete where he needs to be. Yeah, he can't work out. I mean, there's all sorts of, obviously, weightlifting exercises and countless other exercises he can't do even though it's his non-throwing arm, shoulder. I would I would prefer to see Bowman redshirt, but I think even then he would come back as a redshirt sophomore. He's got lots of eligibility left. Yeah, I think he'd come back. He he'd be a guy if he does transfer. I bet he'd be a grad transfer if he transfers. I could see that. Okay, moving on. You want to talk about a. Uh, my grass. Sure. You sure. Go yard. Okay. Going yard. Going yard. Two minutes. 
or less because that's really all I've got nothing really. I overseeded um, a couple weeks ago. Grass is super long, so I haven't mowed it in like three weeks to let the new grass seed establish. It's time to mow, so I'll be getting out there here pretty soon to mow that bad boy. Which now with the weather prediction of like really cold weather, I don't know if I want to mow before or after the cold weather. Hmm. So maybe after, maybe after, because then you'll be just that much closer to maybe the last time you mow. I don't. I don't want to be close to the last time. Oh, I that's mow. so weird. Okay, let's talk about what we learned. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. Okay, I, I didn't really learn anything yet. This is more of a tease. For those of you who listen to Countdown to Kickoff on Talk 1340, on your smart speaker, online, streaming, 12 to 2 on Saturday this week with Rob Bro and Carson Robinson, Tucker Lawrence. Anyway, if you listen to that, you might get to hear us chime in on what we think about these Cheez-It stuffed pizza pocket things. From Pizza Hut. I can't tell, but with based on the picture, how big these things are. They're they're pretty big. They're kind of a oh, I don't know, like, like a, a three by three? three by three. Yeah, that'd be my guess. And so, really, it's it's a it's a pastry. It's almost like a mini. I don't even know what you what you would call it. Almost like an empanada, except it's. It's supposed to, it looks like a, a, a large Cheez-It and it's stuffed with either cheese or cheese and pepperoni, which I'm going to get both because we got to try both. <laughs> and then it comes with a side of marinara sauce, which seems a little, a little much with all the cheese flavor, but uh, we're going to, we're going to try these bad boys on Saturday and looking forward to it and, and see if we make it through the Baylor game without falling asleep. Food coma, food coma sleep. You'll know what I'm talking about. It's a Saturday matinee. Matinee. <laughs> what did you learn? What did I learn? I learned that traveling to Seattle kind of sucks. That's a long flight. Did you go straight from DFW to Seattle? I flew back Seattle to DFW. Like four and a half hours or something? Well, it's only like three hours. Oh, okay. But there's two hours of time change. So we, we took off. Oh, 10 o'clock Pacific time landed four o'clock central time. Yeah, that's weird. Which you take off post breakfast and land dinner time on a roughly three hour flight. Did you get you some, some papacitos at the DFW? No, went to, went to Fridays, man. I went to, I had a layover in DFW probably a year ago and I went to Papacitos cause I never get to go and I ate the biggest tamale I've ever seen. It's I'm fan- jealous. It was fantastic. I didn't know. I, I did not. There was no picture. It just said, you know, tamale and something else. <laughs> this like, was like a sure. I'll have a tamale. This was like a smothered burrito tamale. I don't, I don't know. It was massive. And I think there was a huge taco. I, I don't, maybe I got like the XL grande menu that I didn't know existed, but no complaints because I hadn't eaten anything all day. Cause I was like, I think I had a weird time thing too. Yeah. But, ah, I'll just wait till Dallas and I'll eat a big 
Tex-Mex meal because I've been somewhere where they didn't have Tex-Mex. Yeah. So, no, I, I didn't have anything good like that. I had a salad. My, my stomach was upset. It was, this is my first meal of the day at six o'clock, five o'clock. Salad. Was a salad to go light and not like really try it out. Hindsight, looking back, had I, you know, not been completely recovered from my stomach issues and I had gotten sick from that, throwing up lettuce is a disaster. <laughs> it would have been a mess and completely disgusting. I'm glad you all now got that, yeah. that image. Yep. We're going to leave you with that. That's exactly how we're going to leave it because I want to thank you for joining us again on the 23 personnel podcast. Catch us this weekend on the countdown to kickoff show 12 to 2 p.m. Talk 1340. 1340. Sorry, talk 1340. Mobile app, kkam.com. For Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for joining us on the 23 Personnel Podcast.